0: and Bows Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse. And before we get started in the episode, I got some business to plug out. We have A3 Archery Custom Bowstrings. If you're looking for custom bowstrings, check out A3 Archery at www.a3archery.com. These guys are putting custom back in custom strings and introducing an industry leading proprietary process called Pre Cycle Shot Technology. Use code BBB15 for 15% off. Our next business we're going to plug out is Southern Loon. Retrievers PA. If you're interested in in-person or online gun dog training, head over to Southern Loon Retrievers PA and click the link in the bio. Use promo code PODCAST in all caps. Our next business we're going to plug out is J&J Cabinet Plus. If you need custom granite or cabinets, hit up J&J Cabinet Plus on Facebook. Jake and Josh will be more than willing to help you out and get the perfect countertop and cabinet of your dreams that's at j and j cabinet plus on facebook our next business that we're going to plug out is josie sweet something if you need cakes cupcakes wedding cakes whatever the cakes may be hit up josie sweet something and get the perfect cake of your dreams and now we're going to go ahead and get into the episode and welcome to the beers bros and bows podcast i'm your host jesse Harlan. And today I got a really cool guest on here. I got Oconee Joe. What's going on, man?
1: How's it going? Thanks for having me.
0: Ah, dude, it's no problem. Um, uh, you know, me and uh, Oconee Joe, we kind of met over the uh, Facebook group that uh, kayak kayak group uh, uh, page. It's, uh, it's a
1: yeah, kayak Georgia, I think. Yeah.
0: Yes, kayak Georgia. So if you guys aren't following that page, you should. It's it's really good. Uh, a lot of cool people on there that are kind of showing their passion for getting out there and kayaking. And that kind of brings me to my uh kind of why I'm doing this episode now is because I've, I've originally, you know, a lot of this has always just done the, the outdoor space as far as the hunting portion goes. I've kind of covered that a lot um, because it's in season. It's kind of something that I was kind of dri- driven towards. And now that the summertime is coming up, I really want to start diving into more of the outdoor sports that follow you know, into the summer with the fishing, the kayaking, the camping. And that's, what uh, that's why I got, you know, Oko and Joe on here now. And, uh, Thanks. you want to go ahead and uh, introduce yourself brother and, uh, kind of give the, uh, the audience a little, uh, elevator pitch of, you know, what you, who you are and what you got going on.
1: Absolutely. And, and, uh, I appreciate you having me, Jesse. I'm excited to be here tonight. Um, the, uh, uh, premise of what we do is on the Oconee River system, which is uh, uh, around Athens, Georgia, uh, and it heads down all the way into south Georgia where it meets up with the Ocmulgee. And uh, our primary focus is the upper portion, so from Athens uh, to Lake Oconee. And uh, that really consists of four different rivers. We have, we have the Appalachian River, the Middle Oconee River, the North Oconee River, and then we have the main body of, of the main portion, which is the main Oconee River itself, and that flows into Lake Oconee. And we do a lot of trips uh, in that area. So there's there's about 70 miles that we cover, of different sections. Um, and you can do we take people down half day trips or full day trips or multi day trips. And um, we focus and we put a lot of emphasis on the history uh, of the Oconee River. And the ecology and nature of the Otonian River, and so uh heard about your podcast and checked it out, and I thought, man, this is I love what you're doing. I think it's great uh, i love I love shooting my bow, and uh I love beer as well, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, I think it goes good together, you know, and so I uh, appreciate you having me, and yeah, I'd love to talk with you uh answering your questions you have about what what I do on the Oconee um that's not to be confused with the Ocoee which is in extreme northwest Georgia uh I'm, I'm like I said I'm down in the in the Piedmont you know kind of southern you know northeast Georgia Piedmont area of Athens but um there's a lot to explore down there there's a lot of national forest um that's where I I've spent the last 20 something years um after I was a student at UGA, I've, I've, well, I continue to live here. I live on the river. Uh, I have property up and down the river that we utilize, uh, either my own personal private property or um, partnerships we worked out with other property owners to have secure campsites and put-ins and take-outs. And so essentially what we're doing is uh, establishing a water trail to link up um, Athens to, to Lake Oconee.
0: Wow, oh, that's awesome. And uh, so my my first question I guess is're we going to start this off with is uh, where did the who who granted you the the surname of of Oconee Joe?
1: <laughs> that's well one of my and, and it's definitely a nod an homage, uh if you will, to a gentleman that's still is around and kicking he's is uh down in South Georgia which was known as Oconee Okeyfenokee Joe excuse me Okeyfenokee Joe and um Joe used to travel around uh the state of Georgia and do demonstrations on wildlife and uh, and just the history of of growing up around the Okeyfenokee swamp and I remember he came to my school my elementary school one time I was I think I was probably only in second grade or something. And uh, he brought all of his venomous, you know, timber rattlers and Eastern Diamondbacks and Copperheads and water moccasins. And I just, I, it blew me away. And <laughs> I used to watch him on Channel 8, which is uh, GPTV. Um, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners uh, that are from Georgia know exactly who I'm talking about. I've had the pleasure of meeting him a couple of times. He's a great, great gentleman, and uh, I owe a lot to kind of the inspiration to that. Mm-hmm. Now, now the Oconee Joe part is not really um, – I don't walk around calling myself that all the time. <laughs> it, <it's, clears throat> so it's, that's a lot to live up to, but but what I what it really comes to symbolize – is I'm just the latest Joe that's out there paddling these waters and learning the history and, and trying to maintain that history and uh, Share it and and also learn as much as I can about our natural world along the river um, There have been 10,000 plus years of Joe's and Josephine's that have lived along the Oconee River and, and God willing, you know There'll be another 10,000 years of them. So I'm just kind of here now
2: mm-hmm. floating
1: up and so it's it's really to represent the faceless man and woman that has lived and thrived and died and reproduced and fought and and struggled and continues to endure along along the Oconee River. So that, mm-hmm. that's 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 where the name comes from.
0: And it's uh, you know, diving into the um, uh, no pun intended there, but as far as the <laughs> uh, the history goes of of the Oconee, um, you want to get into that.
1: Yeah, I'd I'd love to. I mean, um, and we could spend the entire segment on but I, <laughs> I, I and um I would briefly, I think though, I, you know, it, I'll give you just a general timeline which is some of our earliest projectile points that we're find, that we have found that you know, I found, but also years and years of archaeology in the 1900s of um, really starting to document and identify the first peoples they're really starting to push into the last of the ice age. So we're talking 10,000 BC or 12,000, you know, plus you know years ago. And there's probably evidence for even, you know, further back than that. We just haven't found, found it yet, but um, they were hunting the last of the megafauna. So it's, it's just, when I find the projectile points uh, scattered along the ridges or, you know, if I'm on a sandbar and we stop and we we look for Indian pottery or or projectile point, you'll come across stuff every now and then that's just you know scattered or brought down by the river. Oh wow! And you, yeah, and you and you pick that up and you find you're holding that projectile point and it's just you know that you may be the first person and that's I know you you hear that a lot, but mm-hmm. it, it truly there is you know there's something about it that it boggles the mind even to think about your brief moment here so we're talking about these people they were hunting the last of the mastodon uh they were hunting the last of the the big giant ground sloths the dire wolves the short-faced cave bears um you know there was elk through here it's it's just unbelievable to think that you know they were um starting to do that you know they were still doing that and, and pushing through at the last supplies the scene which is the last of the ice age and that would have been um you know they would they wouldn't they didn't have bows then. they would have been using uh, atlatls, and they mm-hmm. would have had the they would have had the spear points and so you have your Clovis and you have, you have your Dalton points which are really big uh, points you have your uh, Kirk corner notch you know uh, you have your big Sandies, that Murrow Mountain the list goes on and on um, as you go from the Paleo into the Archaic you go into the Woodland period which is roughly you know, a thousand or 3000 years ago, and they're starting to settle down a little more. And when I say they, you know, it's not just one generation of people that's continued to, to evolve in one spot. Although that probably has occurred, Mm -hmm. you know, you do have residents like just now you have Oconee County residents. You have, uh, you know, you have Fayette County residents in, in Georgia that have lived there for generations, but, but you also see the influx of people and how people migrate, you know, even in our age. And so, that was happening then, and so, but you see this culture starting to evolve through the woodland, and then they start becoming more sedentary. They're starting to have little villages and hamlets along the river, um, and then around roughly uh, after 1000 AD, uh, you, you get into this really distinct culture that comes into our Oconee River bottoms, which is known as uh, the Mississippi Mound Builder culture. Um, They call them the Mississippi Mound Builder because you found a lot of it along the Mississippi River. But there was an extensive southern ceremonial complex, as a lot of people call it, that that was a mound building culture that had the chief or they called them the miko living on top of these flat top mounds. They had a central plaza, a lot of them did. They might have had a palisade if it was in times of war. And then, then the village was built around this plaza and this mound and so we have a lot of those mounds up and down the Oconee river and that was a very complex culture those they have very complex pottery designs uh when you find their pottery it's very distinguishable you know you're looking at the lamar period which is roughly you know 800 to 1400 a.d and they were by that time they were using bows and so they were using uh hickory uh they were using um I imagine they probably get their hands on some Osage arms we have Osage arms, not in abundance. We do have it along the river here.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and so, um, and they were using smaller, a lot of people call them bird points, but they're really just arrowhead points. You know, most of our bows today, the, the projectile points, you know, not really big. Right. So, and so on the when they're hunting the last of that megafauna. That's when you find those bigger, what people call arrowheads, those are actually spear points. Whereas the by the time the Mississippians came along, they had really gotten pretty small points.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And they but that they were hunting whitetail. And, you know, they were hunting everything that we are hunting today. That those same critters are still out there. Yeah. You know? And so, um, it, you know, they had this very complex mound civilization. So there's a couple of mounds that still we can float by, and I'll, I'll take we'll do some trips by there, and we'll uh, hike over to the mounds in the national forest and check those out, and we'll talk about the mountain builder culture and so and then that went into you know roughly 1500 1600 ad and obviously the collapse with the uh they were kind of naturally collapsing anyway and becoming more of your historical uh native american peoples that you knew you know such as the creeks
0: mm-hmm.
1: the, Cho- the choctaw things like that so and that and that brings us to today
0: so uh on so i've always wondered about you know um the different Indian tribes that did, the different Native American tribes that did live off, off mm-hmm. the, uh, off our river systems here. Because, mm-hmm. you know, some, you know, obviously a, um, a lot of Native Americans were displaced uh and pushed out oh, of the yeah. state. Oh, yeah. So what was, where, where what was the original? Where
1: are, you, where are you out of right now? I, I didn't even, I didn't oh. catch
0: that. Um, I'm out of, uh well, I'm up here at uh, Flowery Branch, but I'm, I'm originally oh, down yeah. by, yeah, I'm originally down by McDonough
1: okay okay yeah so flowery branch is the you know that's the chattahoochee watershed Mm -hmm.
0: um
1: uh that's basically uh, as far as the Oconee goes if you're looking at a map of georgia it's our it's our neighboring watershed um you know there's one ridge basically it runs up 85 um you know from atlanta and uh it's almost you know everything that drains on the northwest side goes into the Chattahoochee, which makes its way down and meets with the Flint and becomes the Apalachicola and goes to the Gulf of Mexico. Mm-hmm. Uh, our river system, where I live, is obviously the Oconee, which starts – the middle Oconee starts in um, you know, Brazelton, Hushton. The north Oconee headwaters are in, like, Gainesville, Tallulah. And uh, the Apalachee headwaters are around uh, Auburn and Tequila, Georgia. So they're all flowing to the southeast – and they meet up eventually, either in the Maino County or into Lake County now,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: they're and they're heading down to meet up with the Old Mulgee, which is out of uh, Macon, and they form the Altamaha, and the Altamaha then runs about 136 miles in South Georgia wow. to Darien, Georgia, uh, and so it goes into the Atlantic. So you've got your river system goes to the Gulf, ours goes to the um, Atlantic. But if you look at the headwaters of flowery branch gainesville and just say hushton and brazelton area they're so close together they're literally divided depending on where the rain falls <laughs> one goes to the gulf one goes to the atlantic and so all those peoples those first peoples were using those ridges to go up and down they're also using that they they had a very sensitive knowledge of, of they knew they could go to the atlantic if they got on this river they knew they could go to the gulf if they got on that river and so we don't know what those peoples were called, you know, ten thousand years ago, three thousand years ago. We identify them by paleo periods and archaic and woodland. We identify them by the Mississippi mound builder, which you, you, around in Georgia you have the Etowah mound complex. You have the Mulgee mounds uh, here on the Oconee. You have Skull Shoals mounds and Dyer's mounds, uh, Shoulder Bone, and uh, you know there's a list of them in our area. Wow. So that was a distinct group of culture. Now, what I think you were asking and t- it's taking me forever to get to—but we're sure <laughs> is that, is, is that uh, the historical, what we know is more of the historical tribes, or mm-hmm. what, you know, and those were the t- Creek, the Cherokee, and things like that. It's now believed that Cherokee were an I- Iroquois-speaking tribe from more uh, northeast uh, United States. So they came out of ohio you know virginia and they and they pushed down they were trading and then they began to push down and and kind of colonize and take over so they they really don't arrive to our georgia scene until about you know 15 maybe 1600 so you know the spanish and and the british were already starting to try to push into these areas at the same time uh traditionally um once the mound builder culture fell um those descendants kind of evolved into the creek nations and so that's what you know if you're in flowery branch if you were in uh you know certainly in my neck of the woods in athens and down to lake yokoni millageville edenton um you had the creek nations there's a creek confederacy each village almost operated like their own um kingdom uh, a lot like some in a way a lot like some of the greek city states um, mm-hmm. So so they, they were very independent Um, But they formed, you know, and they are obviously there's alliances and there's enemies between towns. It was, you know, it it had its own intrigue in itself. So I guess to answer your question, a very long way, you know, there was different cultures throughout time. But the most historical that we know of is is what we we call the Creek Nation, Creek Confederacy. And then you had the Cherokee coming out of uh, pushing out of like North, you know, into North Carolina and into North Georgia, you know, Young Harris. Blairs, Ohio, Ossie, and, you know, parts of North Carolina and Tennessee. So
0: Very interesting. Yeah, the, I mean, all that stuff, it, it, it's just fascinating to me because I know when I go, um, I usually kayak down uh, down the Flint, um, and I love oh, yeah. it. Me and my buddy, we, we're obsessed with the Flint River because it feels like you're going through Alaska one second, then you're going through <laughs> Florida, and then you're going through Montana, and it's just, <laughs> just all the different things going on on the Flint. Like, it's just an amazing river system. And, uh, it always gets it me really thinking, is. it always gets me thinking that I'm just like, man, like the people that did live here, that got to experience this back then, I wonder what it looked like. Uh, you know, and then, and then just going to more of the modernization period of time, like you, you'll pass that giant railroad station or not, exactly. uh, the railroad tracks and you're just like, there was a train that ran through this boy scout camp at one point and mm-hmm. you just, you, it just blows my mind.
1: No, exactly. And that's the thing. And, and that's sort of, you know, when, I, when we go down the river you know we're traveling linearly you know we're traveling in one direction in one path mm-hmm. you know we're traveling you know upstream to downstream but the time periods that you pass are all mixed up now so you may go by you know a Native American site and you may go by a mill site and you go back to a Native American site and then back to maybe a, a early American site so all the time periods are mixed up as you go down the bank because it just depends on, you know, if it was a mill town or, you know, abandoned mill town or old dam or, you know, if you're, uh, you know, what, what you're what you're, you know, old Indian mound. So it depends on what you're going by. But it's always uh, that's and that's sort of the whole thing that we try to encompass in, on the Oconee River watershed is that, you know, again, there's 10,000 years. That also includes the, the American frontier period it also includes uh, the slaves. It also includes the, the you know. The plantation and it also Mm -hmm. includes the mill towns that existed in in the industrial revolution um you know a lot of it's you know we look back and you know we we have you know either romantic memories or or bad memories of those things but really it's 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 history is history and um i think it's so important that you understand all you know all the different facets of it the time periods of it and 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 you learn to kind of you know, take it all as one, and you just sort of say, "This is humanity's snapshot along the river." I mean, that's really what it is. Yeah. And and so um, that's what we try to do on our trips, as far as the history aspect goes. And then you've got, you know, as you're going down from one old abandoned mill town to a, to another, or something like that, you, you go around the bend, and all of a sudden there's, you know, river otters, or there's, you know, an osprey that's that's migrating through, or a night heron, or. A lot of turtles, you know, a few snakes and, you know, so obviously deer swimming across and
2: mm-hmm. you
1: did, so there's the nature and whatever's in bloom seasonally. So that's, that's what's just always, the river's always changing. There's the history's there. And then, you know, that, but the, but the nature itself is in its own cycle, which is just, you know, always, you never know what you're going to see. That's what drives me to get back out there. It's almost, you know, obsession to, to know what's around the next bend or to, mm-hmm. even, even a bend I've seen a thousand times, to just wonder what's going to be there the next time you
0: know? right and uh so what is your what does your kayak season look like i mean how many times are you actually getting out on the water i mean i know you run so, the business but you know yeah.
1: so I, I paddle year round uh wow. not from a not from a client standpoint our client season is really uh early march through uh, we've been pushing through thanksgiving um we call this last year we call i took a some folks out for a couple's anniversary uh, at New Year's. The the weather was like 70 something degrees nice. and, and and the water was starting to turn cold, but we were, we, we went on a flat water section, um, at the Dyer's pasture uh, uh, national forest area. If you guys are listening and you're into the nature and, and some national forest area, look up Dyer's pasture, D-Y-A-R. It's, it's a beautiful area. The, that's where the uh, main Oconia river is flowing into the northern part of uh, Lake County, and it's it's really acts like a uh, it's a you know freshwater delta. It breaks up uh, the river, goes into different sections and braids out and fingers out, and there's backwater swamps and there's reeds and marsh islands, and and there's a lot of migratory waterfowl, big duck area, big duck habitat, come through there. So <clears throat> we took people down there in New Year's Eve. We caught it just perfect, you know, and so. Uh, but our typical season is like march through november and then i'll continue to paddle year round uh, just to continue to explore try to find new things and then also there's a little bit of river maintenance there uh, on the middle and the north which are shout uh narrower uh, banks and so sometimes you'll get a tree fall in the winter time and you either need to avoid that area or try to get in there and cut a part of it out so you can continue to go down there. So, uh, we try to eliminate all the surprises, you mm. know, uh, by the time we're running trips in March. And then, um, so yeah, now we're, we're in late April. So we're, uh, wide open and we're really geared up and people are calling booking. um, it's growing, you know, this is, a have uh, been paddling, like I said for over 20 years on the low county, but, um, this is fairly, this is our fourth legitimate season of actually opening it up to clients and taking people down the river and, um, you know, we're steadily growing and, and we're happy, we're, you know, we're partnering with a lot of different local businesses to, um, provide people places to stay through Airbnb. So we kind of shuttle and pick them up from there. If we, you know, that way they can come into town, come into Athens or come into Watkinsville, which is in Oconee County. And, um, you know, they can, you know, wine and dine one day and, and then we can spend some time out in nature the next day, you know, so.
0: Oh Yeah. No, that sounds awesome, man. I, I definitely gotta get down there and, and try that out and link up with you and and, uh, and do a trip. That would that'd be really awesome. I mean, I'm I'm totally into it. My um uh, my best friends, you know, the guys that you know, I kinda you know, why I started this podcast oh, and yeah. stuff like that, you know, um you saw them on the page of uh Josh Texon and, and Taylor mm-hmm. Turner and Oh yeah. But they uh yeah, they uh, they every year they've gone and they do their annual kayak camping trip. I wasn't able to partake in it the last yeah. couple couple years. I was yeah. in the military, so I wasn't able oh. to to push awesome. out that way and 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 get over there. Couldn't get any leave. But yeah. you know, they go all the time, and and man, they they enjoy. They really enjoy it. and It's something I've been wanting to do is just get out there and, and do some kind of camping at the same time. Like I'm very yeah, yeah. into like, I like doing something along the way. You know, because I did uh the Flint 15 miler. On that flint yeah. kicked my ass
1: <laughs> yeah it will man that the flint getting back to that you're talking about being that is that is one of the rivers i really you know i'm not i'm not flint you know frank flint i'm, I'm ocony joe so i run i stick to where i live <laughs> and, and what i know when it comes to history and nature but man i love exploring our southeastern uh, waterways, whether it's Georgia, Florida, you know, or even Tennessee, North Carolina, or, um, South Carolina. Man, South Carolina's got some great Blackwater rivers. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. And then, um, but the Flint special, I've paddled, I grew up on the Chattahoochee around uh, Lake Lanier, above below Lake Lanier. I grew up uh, paddling the Etowah. And so those are just fantastic rivers. Um, I've paddled, now when the Flint meets the Chattahoochee, um, that's Lake Seminole, and uh, from there's a dam there, which is well, I think it's Woodruff is the name Woodruff Dam. There's a lock, big lock through there, but we there's a launch just below there on in the Florida Georgia line at the and a town called Chattahoochee, Florida, and from there the Flint and the Chattahoochee cease to exist. They they terminate, but they form the Apalachicola, and I've paddled from that from there from the, the confluence there and in the in the, uh, the St. georgia florida line all the way to the gulf of mexico was about 106 miles wow and, yeah and that you talk about wild and remote i would highly encourage people to google the hell out of that and start coming up with a route um you can do it motor the, the river's huge down there i mean obviously so you're in they used to run barges and paddle wheelers up there's a ton of history down there but the, the floodplain of the Apalachicola is so vast on either side that you are truly, truly, truly out there I mean, it is, it's wild and, and, and I'd say that I compare it to the Altamaha, which is in our flows through our state mm-hmm. um, so I would highly encourage people if you're looking for a big adventure, like big time multi-day or week-long or even two week-long trips, check out Apalachicola River or check out the, the Altamaha River, you know, one's heading to the Gulf and one's heading to the Atlantic, but they're both great, great. They're within days' drives of, of Atlanta, and uh, I, I couldn't recommend enough. And then, obviously, our, our upper section on the Oconee that we run, um, we run multi-day trips, and we run from basically Athens into Lake Oconee, which is about 40 to 50 miles, but, but we can break that up over a couple of days to where you're not just killing yourself. Um, and then we stop along the way, you know, so we, we, we eat pretty good while we're out there. We, we pride ourselves on not, on not doing peanut butter and jelly (laughs) sandwiches. I've got a pretty, I've got a pretty cool little propane wok that I use that you can cook up, you know, bacon and eggs one minute and, uh, you know, fajitas the next, you Mm -hmm. know, flank, flank steak fajitas and stuff like that. So, um, you're right. The more time you can spend out there on that water, you know, continuously, uh you you really start losing the the um, the time clock that we keep in our daily lives you know like in our working lives and mm-hmm. you know running around to to you know office or the to the shop uh, you know running around to the ball games and you know whatever else we're doing uh, the river has its own biological clock you know so to speak and it's sort of you start shedding that and you really are, you really become on river time. And so, um, I, I know what you mean, man. Like I said, it's, it's, it's it's a whole different way of travel, you know? Oh yeah. Well, it's a whole different way of life. So,
0: so, uh, with you going down that, that far down the river, you said going to, you know, in the Florida Georgia line, I mean, any, uh, any brushes with gators up?
1: So, one, the time I did it, um, I actually worked on a crew that, we had a support uh pontoon boat a big pontoon boat and it had like uh 2 250 two, twin 250s on the back and mm-hmm. it had like it was, it was, i think this thing was like 48 feet long so it was designed to carry a lot of passengers and stuff like outdoor like if it, it came it was it's docked down in Apalachicola which is on the on the bay on the in the gulf at St. George Island so it was there so i was down there on a fishing trip with my my brothers and my dad we do like a fall annual fall fishing trip we go down there for um speck speckled trout sheep said redfish you know anything you know we can catch around apalachicola
2: mm-hmm. so
1: it was around it was around um halloween so i called the guy that was organizing the trip and i said hey instead of me having to go all the way back home to georgia and then come back down the following you know like two days later i said can i just ride the crew support vessel up to the georgia florida line and i'll work as a crew on the way up and then on the way down i'll you know i'll, I'll paddle and he was like yeah yeah but you really got to work and i was like yeah no problem so we went up the river and it was like 80 degrees man and there were there were, there were gators sunning everywhere Jeez. and yeah it was and um this pontoon was pulling another like 18 foot uh customized pontoon trailer uh and it had uh racks for like 20 kayaks So at nighttime, we didn't make it. This thing's a slow-moving thing, so you don't make it all the way up the river the first day. So we had to stop, and we anchored off and and tucked in behind the sandbar on the river. And a couple of those folks slept on the beach, but I had been seeing gators, like, all day. And, you know, local people down there, oh, you swim with them, and, you know, you can hang out. I wasn't really too sure about all that. So I had a, a hammock. So I slept in, I, I, sl- <laughs> I slung my hammock in the ki- the empty kayak racks and uh, uh, slept there pretty peacefully right there. I thought, but then I thought, well, if one comes up around the water, but they don't really mess with you. But, uh, i do i can i can tell you that like when i I would do like my morning like face washing and you know like you know washing off on the river i was pretty quick about things i wasn't i wasn't lingering around like in knee-deep waist-deep water you know yeah but uh but on the way down though we had a hellacious front move through so on the way down it turned like it, it dropped from like 80 to like 50 a ton of rain and wind and so on the way down, I, we didn't see a single gator. And, and we, uh, I paddled all the way down, you know, back to Apalachicola. Um, and the goal is if you go the first weekend of November, that's the blessing of the fleet. That's like the uh, seafood festival. So we arrived back in to Apalachicola, and we were actually part of the blessing of the fleet. We were, in there with all the, <laughs> we were in there with all the shrimp boats and stuff. So it was really cool. They had a like a priest, like, you know, blessing everybody as they went by. So, yeah, it was, it was real fun. But, man, I was exhausted. I mean it's it's fun but you, you got to really knock out about 20 miles a day consistently wow. you know to get on down the water uh, but man i'd do it again i would definitely do it and, and same with the uh the altamaha you know heading to Darien, georgia uh, man it's it's such an experience to to really get on some of that
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh wild it's, it's truly wild wild territory out through there so
0: so uh you know going into your more into the your, your kayak setup because that's what I want to know and you know we talked about how you're you know you're doing these long paddles and you've been paddling Absolutely. for years so I know you got some advice for the folks that are like what's the best kayak to get and then especially for guys who were more into the you know kayak camping kind of scene yeah, yeah you know what's what's kind of the best outfit for
1: that well uh I, the, the the rule of thumb that I have for this is it's just like a, uh, a toolbox or your, are your, you know, you know, your guns, or even your fishing setup. Um, there's no one boat that I've ever found that can do it all. Um, so depends on you have different tools for different jobs. And so if you're obviously if you're in more rapid, you know, or so to say, whitewater, you need more of a whitewater boat. Um, you know, if you're just, you know, down cruising, you might get away with a, a sit on top, or you know. Um, you know, something like that. I'm a canoe guy. I grew up paddling a canoe, so I, I paddle more of a canoe and, I, and plus running, being the guide, I'm running, I'm carrying the coolers and, and mm-hmm. some other stuff, so I'm carrying more gear, um, but I also have, uh, you know, plastic, you know, roto-molded uh, plastic boats and I use native watercraft, which is out of Asheville. Well, it's Henderson, I think it's Hendersonville, North Carolina, which is outside of Asheville, but they, um, the, they're kind of a kayak canoe hybrid. You can look them up. They've got a lot of different models. I use the, the Ultimate FX, um, and um, they've got a gunnel to it like a canoe. They've got a seat that's almost like a beach chair, so it's very comfortable. And it has an, uh but it's still an open boat, kind of like a canoe. So you're not sitting inside, but you're not sitting flat on the on the boat.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, if you look it up, you'll see. You know, you know look up Ultimate FX. For me, and for what I found on our Oconee River, we're running Class ones, maybe a Class two, depending on the water conditions. But we're running a lot of flat water down through the national forest into Lake Oconee. This is a very stable boat. It's very good for, uh, like I said, I'll carry the coolers and the common area, so to speak, gear like mm-hmm. cook, cook stuff, and and you know you know tables and stuff like that. But each client or each person on our trip carries their own personal gear. So they're, you know, their day bag, they're, you know, they're in, their, in their tent and stuff like that. that. That boat can do it all. And I've taken that boat from uh, the mountains to the ocean, um, you know. So um, a good all around boat, probably for our Georgia River, would be some sort of um, sit on top. Um, the, you, if you look in a lot of these, uh, Facebook page groups or forums uh, online. There are some, just like with anything else, hunting, fishing, mm. biking, off-roading, overlanding. There are some true, true asshole snobs out there. Right? <laughs> yeah. so, and, and I, I'm not that way. Uh, my, my first advice would be get something that you, uh, that is dependable, that you can afford and that feels good to you, that you're comfortable with paddling the hell out of. I mean, and use it. I mean, I went down, when I went down to Apalachicola, I, I, I took a Pelican 10 foot sitting side. I, I didn't really, I was just, you know, I was, this was years and years ago. I mean, I was just really starting to learn what to do and what not to do. And I, you know, I would never do that again with a Pelican, but it made it. And I still have it. My son uses it now. Right? He's <laughs> seven. And so, uh, you know, so I don't knock the, 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 the plastic. Now I wouldn't take a Pelican down the Chatuga you know, or the Nantahala, but, um, but you know it, it depends on your it, i guess you know to not complicate things it depends on your use it depends on the river you're you know the body of water that you're paddling mm-hmm. and and it depends on your comfort level of what you have a lot of these things you're seeing a lot of these days now are like fishing platforms they're kind of almost barge like and not real bulky on their other i mean real bulky they're real heavy um you know those are fantastic for standing up fishing i've got a few of those but i don't typically use them on the river for clients because one our put-ins are pretty pretty rugged and it's not fun to drag a 75 112 120 pound boat up and down the river so or up and down the bank but um you know sit on top good sit on top local uh, local if you want to look up a local company in georgia that's making them crescent kayaks i think they're out of Carrollton. that's a fantastic um, platform they've got they've got a good like a 10 foot 11 and a half. and they're all a lot of them are sit on top so that's a good you know i would say mid-range boat mm-hmm. um if you go to your big box retailers you can always get your um three or four hundred hundred dollar boats um if you do get a sit inside you may want to try to get one that could have a skirt that you can seal off the lip of the uh of the uh, cockpit. And so you, you keep water out. Cause if you do, if you take on, if you guys sit inside and you take on water, it's going to make it real unstable and yeah. unpleasant. Uh, if you guys sit on, sit on top, those are pretty versatile. Now the big weakness to the sit on tops are, you know, wintertime. I mean, you will take they're, they're wet boats, you know? And so, um, you know, my, my, like I said, my go-to I've got the native ultimate FXs, and, and I'm not, a, I'm not sponsored anything. That's just the ones I've used forever. I've tried a bunch of different boats, and I thought they were very versatile for what I'm asking it to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a, I've, I'm a connoisseur of old canoes, though, and that's – so I've got old uh, 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 Mad Rivers. I have a, uh, my personal little boat. It's like a 14-foot Mohawk, which they don't even make anymore. This is a 94 boat. I've replaced all the wood in it,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um, that's a great little – that's a fun boat. It weighs 45 pounds, and I can put gear in it. I paddle the hell of that thing, so I love it. But um, it, again, you just got to get what you want, and uh, you know, you got to look at, you got to analyze, you know, the, the type of water you're going to paddle.
0: Right, yeah, and then, and you know, let's say again, going back to the Flint, because that's really my big experiences with that one. You know, it's a lot of shoals, so you're hitting yeah, you're yeah. hitting a lot of shoals. So you need something that you know where the you know the bottom of the boat is definitely going to be tough. It's going to be able to take that beating. Mm-hmm. Um, so far, in my experience, you know. I run a lifetime, uh, Tamarack, and and yeah, I love that yeah. thing, and it and that thing, I've beat the shit out of that thing, exactly. pretty good, and no, uh, you know,
1: yeah, I mean that's, and, and that, that's what I'm saying, and, and, and Tamarack, that's a that's kind of that's a sit on top, right? Yeah, 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 and see, the thing about that is when you run shoals with a sit on top, you know, if you'll run it, if you once you start getting familiar with your lines that you need to hit and the eddy lines the you know as they say when you go between two rocks and the water's going down river when in doubt look for that V that's that's being formed by the water if you'll hit that those V's are the eddy lines and so if you can go left or right once you run that you can get to the calmer water those sit on top's are fantastic worst case is that you tip off and so and you just have to climb back on that's the that's the virtue of those boats is that they're really really good boats for just saying oh, oh damn because you know rule of thumb is if you get on the water whether it's the river especially but whether it's even a lake you will swim at some point and so what we always say in paddling is that you're always in between swims i i haven't swam in a long time but next time i go out it very well may happen <laughs> and it's going to happen probably the way you least expect it you know and you'll look back and you'll analyze it and and you'll say that was a dumb, dumb mistake. But always be ready to swim. Uh, and so, you know, like I said a uh, sit on top is really good. You kind of roll off, and you can r- jump back on, or, or you know, at least kick over, as a, as opposed to a sit inside. If you if you roll out of that, it's going to take on water, and you're going to have to drain it. So that's just something yeah. to be mindful of. But if you're going to run a lot of whitewater, um, you're going to need a skirt on the in- sit inside, and you're going to need to uh, wear a helmet and, and, and get your roll down good and once you do that man you can play all day in those things so really i'm not a i'm not a snob between a kayaker canoeer, paddleboarder. paddle boarder. i've got i've got all of them and so <laughs> and it, like i said it's a tool uh much to my wife's dismay i always tell her as a baby but th- we need this one because it it, it, it does that you know it's like, so it's like you know it, you know how it is i mean it yep just, it, it just you know it's like um but she, I mean, yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, once, once, but once she's, she's paddles a lot. So once she's seen it, she's like, Oh wow. Yeah, you're right. This thing's, this thing's really good for, you know, this section or this, this boat was good for that. So yeah, now I just need to convince her, you know, we need uh, more John boats, uh, pon- <laughs> pontoons, uh, center consoles and, and things uh, like that.
0: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, that's a, I think that's every husband's, uh, yeah. dismay, you know, trying to convince his wife that he needs more things of the same thing oh, yeah, that's, that's me Definitely. with that's me I'm like oh I, I gotta get this ascend kayak you know I need it I've been bugging her yeah. about it you know I'm like the storage space is really good I need a 12 footer but uh, uh yeah no I, I totally agree with you on that I mean because my buddies you know they were telling me about it you know they had to dump all that my my buddy Josh had to drag the boat uh, you know against current he had to drag yeah. that boat back up on the bank uh because it filled up with so much water.
1: Yeah, exactly. you know when it
0: happens, it sucks.
1: And then the native I have, it's got the gunnel. I've I've I had some clients sink that thing. I've sunk it, you know, year you know, up in, in just certain conditions. So, yeah, you got to drain it. Now that the, you know, like with canoes and stuff like that. There's some techniques to to flip on their side and and, and get the majority out. I cut a uh, you know a lot of people take pumps um i had a pump for years i actually went back to just using a big like industrial 3m sponge
2: mm-hmm.
1: that I, I stuff in i'll take like a, a milk jug or like an arizona sweet tea like a gallon and when we're when i'm done with that i'll cut the bottom off and turn that into our scoopers
2: mm-hmm. so you
1: can you can bail almost as fast and so uh that's sort of a little pro tip that I would say is go cheap and grab a milk jug and, and you know, like a bungee mm-hmm. and a, and a big sponge. And that'll, that'll go a long way to keeping your boat clean, you know, and washed out. I'm a big, like I'm a stickler for like keeping my, my uh, deck clean and everything. I'm, I'm, I always sponge up because the the Oconee is so muddy yep. a lot of time the banks and everything. And so it's, you just got to embrace it. But I'm, I'm still like, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not British Navy or anything, by any means, but, but I, but I, but you know, like I, I like to, I like to try to keep it clean as I go. Cause it's just, I don't know. There's something about, I think it paddles better, you know? Right, right, right. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but uh, if you looked up, um, Coyote Outfitters, K-I-O-T-I Outfitters, they're out of Watkinsville and they carry natives, they carry Crescents, they carry Old Town, they carry Diab- uh, the Diablos, which, is like a paddleboard uh, fishing hybrid. Oh, I've They're seen getting,
0: those. Yeah, those are cool.
1: Yeah, they are very cool. They uh, they carry new canoe. New canoe is a great great platform for a versatile uh, thing. They're a little heavier than the natives, but man, uh, I could I could probably go with some new canoes. Um, mm-hmm. That and if you're really into fishing those are some of the best boats i could think of and yeah. you know
0: so yeah i've seen those uh, some other ones too or uh, like jackson kayaks i've seen yeah, those and, and those jackson. are those are really nice but i mean the prices for some of these kayaks are it's a, it's astounding I, I might as well buy a motorcycle
1: well you know that's the thing uh, i was reading and i was talking to david smith with cody Outfitters. he was saying a lot of people are leaving the bass uh bass boat fishing tournament league and they're starting to get into the kayaking and you know these people are coming from spending you know 50 to 60 grand maybe 100 grand maybe more depending on their their level Mm -hmm. and and so when they drop you know 25 to 35 or 6500 dollars on a on a kayak with you know with the trolling motor or flippers or you know a pedal drive or you know and then some obviously you gotta have your uh, electronics you know they, I mean that's still a bargain they're not spending 50 or 60 they're spending you know right. five or, or 65 but for yeah for me you know I'm scouring you know Facebook marketplace for that, <laughs> um, that, that beat up Mohawk canoe made in 92 because that's you know get your Royal X uh, look for royal X liner uh, holes because those they don't make royal X anymore and and uh those things are man, they, they're lightweight, they can take a beating, and, and you can you know, if you can pick one up for anywhere between three and six hundred dollars, you're doing great. Mm-hmm. Um, and but yeah, I mean some of these boats are, are unbelievable. And I'm not snob about that. I'm just you know, people will say, Well, what do you think about people with pedal drive or, or trolling motor? I'm like, Well, you know, I mean you're not you're not kayak I mean, you're not river kayaking to river kayak, but you're you're most likely a tournament fisherman or you're some form of fisherman so yeah you're going to need to compete at that level like i said you know but I, i'm with you i at, at that point if i'm going to spend 65 7500 i can i can get me like a pretty decent john boat you know or something. oh
0: yeah yeah and you can buy it and you can actually just buy the mod itself i mean if you if you really want to you know go cheap on it well not cheap budget Friendly yeah. on it, yeah. You can definitely go and grab, you know, the the pedals and the motor and, and install it at yourself. I mean, the the amount of DIY that goes on for for kayak, you know, fishing and just kayaking in general is just amazing to me. Like I I look at people's mods, I'm like, man, that's actually a really good idea. Like, I would uh, love to do that.
1: That's the fun part, you know. I think it's sort of like you know, you know, putting a lift kit and like winch and tires and light bars on your. On your off-road truck, or mm-hmm. you know, souping up a, uh, uh, you know, like a muscle car. You know, it's it's fun to play with it and tweak it. You know, get you some good beer, get you some good music going, have some buddies over, and and you work on your boat. You know, that's you, you re-rig it. It's just I don't know. There's something about it. I think it goes back to just humans wanting to go on the water. You know, we're being attracted to it, and mm-hmm. and, and you know, and obviously the 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 whole guy thing of you know just tweaking something playing with something you know it's just making something better so that when you're out there using it you're like i got this set up
2: oh just yeah. right
1: you know it's a quality of life quality of life but um but speaking of uh, of uh i mentioned the beers. saying what uh what are some of your beers if you don't mind me asking you a question so
0: you know I'd like some of the beers that i like to drink yeah yeah well you know near near and dear to my heart and to the boy's heart is you know the classic bush you can't go wrong with that
1: (laughs) sometimes you got to
0: have it. Um, but, uh, me and my buddy Taylor, I mean, he's, he's really big into IPAs and you know, my brother-in-law is for me. Um, I, I I don't get too, you know, nerded out into them, but I do, I do uh, favor the, uh, creature comfort. It's definitely one of my favorite. And, uh, I got into like a logger uh, called Guide. It's called the the Guide Logger or whatever. Mm-hmm. Did, um mm-hmm. I actually got it because it it's, it takes it uh, the proceeds go to uh, to guides that are out there for hunting and fishing and stuff like oh, that. Oh, that's so awesome! Man. Who, who like, makes Do you know who uh, makes it? I can't remember who exactly made that. Um, I'm gonna go on a limb here and I'm gonna say it was Sweetwater. I don't know if it was I them. I think or it not. is. It
1: guy is it Guide Beer? Yes, Guide Beer. I think that I think that is Sweetwater. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah, I think it's really low. Is. Like I, you know, when we do client trips, you know, like I said, we're um God, a lot of people, and These a lot of ladies have gotten into these seltzer drinks now, which is whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't understand it, but you know, whatever. Um, no, I'm yeah. I, you know, living in Athens, we have a crazy ton of <laughs> local breweries. Uh, Creature Conference, you know, is definitely one they've sponsored us. Um, uh, Terrapins obviously a long oh, time yeah. been here. Uh, but there's you know Southern Brewery, which is here in Athens, is great. Great, they make really good beers. And then Academia makes good beer. There's a few other ones too that are really small, like Normaltown. Um, uh, down in Lake Oconee, they have Oconee Brewing, which is in Greensboro, Georgia, and that's they've got some great stuff. And uh, so when I'm up in Athens running trips, I try to carry some of the local beers up there. And then when I'm down around Lake Oconee, I try to carry um, uh, the Oconee Brewing mm-hmm. Company um, beer. Uh, they they've renovated this old warehouse next to this old train depot so when you go to their brewery man it's just a really cool setup uh, in greensboro and uh, not far from the lake and um but I, recently i had um, uh fallon uh, beer i think they're out of making i don't know those guys and never met them or anything but I picked some up the other day and it was like a ipa of some kind mm-hmm. uh, it was really good i was like man they're 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 on something but yeah, when we do when we do day trips, I'll if I well, if I'm guiding, I don't drink. But <laughs> uh, but if I, if I'm if I'm exploring on my own or if I'm with my brothers fishing and stuff, I'll take some beer. But yeah, I try to keep it around like four percent, you know, four point mm-hmm. two. Uh, uh, Creature Comforts makes this um, uh, Classic City Lager, which is a pretty crisp uh, beer, and it's like four point two, so I can I can drink those without getting Ridiculous, because you do you can't do six and a half seven percent all day on the river in the sun. No,
0: no, <laughs> It'll,
1: it, you'll you'll regret that. Oh it yeah, probably, and it's and it's just you know not not smart. So
0: yeah, no, we had uh, me and my buddy Dylan when we were we went down and we were doing that fifteen mile. you know we went yeah. and got some bush light before we went. We we're like, all right, <laughs> let's go. do it. Uh, we went to the ga- we went to the gas station that was near there. But I guess I don't know if the box broke it, you know, when it was being packaged or what mm-hmm. happened, but. They basically cut, you know, uh, a twenty four rack in half and then duct taped it.
1: Oh no! <laughs> no, no. Well, they, is that how you bought it? Yeah, I bought it with no, like no, the no. clear that's tape. How, that's that's how, That's the old. That's the old trick that they resell those. See, they're buying them at an even lower price, and then <laughs> and then they're selling them at the six pack, the twelve pack price. Yeah, no, that's I'm, yeah, that's old Athens. That's the old. You know, there's plenty of liquor stores in Athens, so I've seen that done a lot of times. There. <laughs> yeah. Well, this Duct-tape beer must... it back up. Yeah.
0: Well, this beer must have been old because it was skunked, and we we drank it, and and he was like, yeah, he's like, do you want another one? And I was like, you know, I I think I'm just going to drink that cranberry juice I brought because, like, man, like, that that beer has skunked. He was like, oh, he's like, good, I thought it was just me. I'm like, no, I think it was that cheap, you know, whatever they did, like, I don't know if it was just old beer and they packaged it up or what. Yeah. Oh my God!
1: Oh yeah, definitely, definitely, man. Yeah, but that's all. That's awesome.
0: So, uh, so Joe, when it comes to, um, getting out on the ocean, have you gone and and kayak, You know, done some ocean kayaking too? To to kind of you know make yourself the Swiss Army knife to speak for this for this Yeah. World?
1: So, so I, when I'm in Apalachicola, I'll go out to the barrier islands, which is Saint George, uh, uh, Dog Island. Little Saint George, Saint Vincent and uh Indian Pass, Cape San Blas area. So it's that whole stretch down to there. I'll take um more of a sit on top type boat and, mm-hmm. and go out a little ways. I love getting past the breakers. It gets so quiet out there and man, you see and once it drops off you see, you know, you're swimming, you're out there with the dolphins and the cannonball jellyfish, the the shark, the bull sharks are coming through every now and then. So yeah, I love fishing out there. That's, I love being do that. I'll try to anchor a lot of times. Uh, mm-hmm. If I can't, if I've got an anchor that can, you know, most of that on the, on the Gulf is pretty shallow. So if you've got, you know, 20 feet, you're, you're good. Um, you got to watch out for the swell. You want to try to always stay, you know, riding the swell kind of perpendicular to it, not sideways to it, you know, parallel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, now, I have paddled out, you know, talking about the Atlantic uh, where all of our water, where all this water where I'm sitting right now talking to you, this the Oconee, it's heading to the Altamaha, The Altamaha, like I said, is going to Darien. I've paddled out of Darien and island hopped for about five days <laughs> and went out to where the Altamaha River truly meets the ocean and uh, camped along some of those uh, uh basically they're just uh, public you know they're um, there's a couple you can't stay on at night like wolf island is like a, a refuge a wildlife refuge so you can't camp there but there's a bunch of other smaller islands that are just kind of publicly owned state mm-hmm. or federal owned that you can camp there and so you we island hopped uh camped and paddled and camped and paddled we went up to Saplo island uh which is a really big one a really really special place a lot of, a lot of history and then um, visited that for the day, and then came back and camped at some of these little, barrier, these little other smaller marsh islands, and then uh, took it back into the mainland. Uh, so on those, uh, especially on the Atlantic, especially in Georgia, um, uh, yeah. And I've also paddled from Tybee on to little Tybee, and, and did a lot of that. On those, you, uh, especially on the Atlantic, you've got to watch your tides. You got to respect it. You got to get familiar with your tides. And then the other factor of that is your wind. Uh, so you really got to um, uh, understand the tides you're dealing with and respect it. You got to understand the winds. Uh, watch for your moons. If it's a super moon, man, it can be brutal. Um, I just about screwed up when I went to Little Tybee a couple of years ago. Uh, my wife and I had left the kids uh, with with the uh, with her parents uh, at the at the house mm-hmm. that they were staying at. And so we went out for a nice paddle across the, um, I can't remember the name of the the creek or river. It's on the backside of Tybee. But um, we paddled over to Little Tybee. We went, you know, way down the beach. We went way up. We paddled up in the inland. We were fishing. Man, it was fun. And we ran our boats way, way up into the um, beach, drug them way up, drug them way up. And then we went walking. And we went by this guy, like, this dude was, I had seen him throughout the week. He'd paddle over back to the Tybee during the day and get, like, ice and, and beer and shit. Mm-hmm. And then he he was definitely, like, you know, bumming it out there. <laughs> and so we passed his camp, and I was like, you know, what what's going on there? But You know, we didn't stop. We didn't ask questions. We just sort of quietly moved around the bend. We went on down. Uh, the beach, way, way down to a long walk. We hiked in, spent all day, and started getting in the afternoon, getting late, so we headed back to the boats, and the wind had picked up, and uh, came back by that dude's um, camp, and he was standing out there butt naked. Butt naked. (laughs) Like, no, like, completely naked. Like, the dude had... Dude had this huge, huge red beard. He had red hair. I mean, he was a pale <laughs> redhead, all head to, head to toe redheaded. And and I was like, son of a bitch. That's Typey
0: Tom. You didn't know
1: that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so he, I, you know, it's sort of like you go, you know, you're trying to like, you know, and he's just out there. And then I look over and watch, because there's a lot of driftwood there where he was camping. It was like this, where the part of the islands are into the sea. Mm-hmm. He, um, he had an axe, so he had a double headed axe, butt naked, and it's stuck in one of the stumps nearby, and I was like, man, what what's about to happen here?" And he goes he sees us and he goes, "Oh, uh- oh, oh, I'm sorry, oh. And he goes and he um, <laughs> he goes over towards his tent and he gets a shirt and he puts his shirt on. but he's still butt naked. From the <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my God." And so he comes back and he's like, uh, you know, we're trying not to make eye contact. You know, me and my wife are, like, just dying laughing. And he's like, oh, I, I didn't know y'all were over here. He said, but I saw your boats. He said, I drug them up. For-. I was like, cool, cool. Uh, uh, man, if you need to get some clothes on. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. So then he goes over his tent and puts some pants on. So then he comes back, and then he's talking to me, and he's like, um, yeah, man, your boat's about floated off. I was like, no way. I was like, man, we moved them up, like, 30 feet up the beach, and, and we tied them off. I'm not sure they would have really floated off, but – that they were definitely taking a pounding because the surf had come in so high because it was a super moon. Mm-hmm. and the wind had picked up too, and uh, the dude was uh, eating. He he went over and I was talking to him, and uh, he cracked open one uh, beer. And it was a local beer from Athens, and I was like, man, I was like, I didn't know you were drinking that. And he's like, he's like, oh yeah. He's said, like, well, I got it out of your cooler, <laughs> and I was like, it was on my boat. And I was like, "You gotta have a cooler." And he's like, "Yeah." And they, uh, he's like, I also eat half your sandwich too. And he's oh like, my god! And he's like, "I f- he was, I figured that was uh, enough payment for saving your boats." And I was like, "Sure, man." What? I was like, "That sounds good to me, man." <laughs> and so, man, the tide was rough. It was like white caps. And he was like, "Well, man," he's like, "I don't know if I'd head back across the uh, the river there, the you know, the the cut there." He said, like, "You may have to just y'all might want to just camp here tonight." And Sarah, my wife, Sarah was like, "Oh no, no." We're we're going home. <laughs> it's, like, yeah. it's like we were not staying there, but it was hilarious. But yeah, we left in the serve. It was tight. It was rough, rough, rough. And so I would say you got to respect it. And I said that was a culmination of a tide of a tide coming in, which we had gotten the tide right because we wanted to. We took the tide out to get over to Little Tybee, and we were taking the tide back in to go into Tybee mm-hmm. over over to to the big Tybee so that was correct but what we had not factored was the giant the big wind that made the white caps and then the 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 extreme tide of the supermoon um and so it was insane uh but yeah, it was crazy that dude ended up being he gave me a cd his name is peacock mustard if you ever (laughs) look him up he was from Vidalia, Georgia, and does like cocaine country blues or something like that. He what is, the hell? He's if you look up swamp hip, I, I've actually gotten to know him a little better since then. His name's like Red Peacock or something like that. <laughs> uh, he's he's a character. Uh, he's a character. But anyway, yeah, we made it back. Uh, there's a great boat ramp on that backside too. If you ever look up Tabby over there. Hmm. Um. But um, yeah, yeah. So
0: that is that is too much, man. So you know, you, I like how you talk about you know it's basically you learn how to read the water, um, you know, when you're doing that, uh, who, you know, how'd you kind of like learn all that? Like who, who taught you that? Or did you, was it kind of like a self-taught thing and you kind of just started paying more attention?
1: Some of it was self-taught to start with because, um, I was, well, I grew up with my dad on the Chattahoochee and around Settles Bridge, which was pretty rough back then, but I think it's a park now. Um, but Settles Bridge used to be pretty rough, so you never knew who you were going to roll up on when you pulled up there. But uh, we used to go trout fishing through there. And then Dad had a sailboat on Lake Lanier, and he's also had center console. He's always been a stickler about knowing the rules of the road, so to speak, Mm -hmm. as they call it, the the navigational. And so when I got a kayak and canoe my own when I was at UGA, I wanted to do it right, but I still didn't because I was just really naive and so as i got older i started trying to find other people that were more expert than me that i could you know kind of tag along with to, mm-hmm. to learn from and so there were some in, local individuals in this area that i was able to to paddle with and and get to know and some of them are passed on and some of them are i still paddle with them um nanahala outdoor i think it's n-o-c nanahala outdoor center uh up in uh north northeast georgia has a great program, great schools. If you want to do uh, whitewater um, training, if you wanted to do roll clinics, if you wanted to do uh, swiftwater rescue, uh, which you know, I've gone back and gotten more of that since I started guiding. That's where I was like, okay, we need extraction technique. You know, you need, you know, just different situational awareness mm-hmm. uh, issues. And so um, places like you mentioned earlier, kayak Georgian, there are a lot of new people on, on that Facebook page, but that is you mentioned earlier. That's some of the nicest people. I couldn't agree more. I mean, they are the most inclusive and um, and just welcoming group of any any Georgia paddle group I've I have seen. Like I said, there's always snobs and everything. Oh, yeah, I have not found that yet with Tide Georgia. Like those those people are encouraging anybody to get out there. Now, I think if you go out there you can't always go along with what everybody's doing. You've got to make your own decisions on like your limit. You got to know your limitations. Mm -hmm. So, but you can build up to those and you can surpass your limit. You can can expand your limitations. So, um, you know, find the trips with kayak Georgia or or another group like that, that you can partner up with. And, you know, if it's flat water to start with or a lake or, you know, whatever, um, you know, you know, do that. Don't, don't be turned off by it. Um, don't be intimidated by it you know a lot of what we do with our our trips is you know i always when we when people call to book a trip we we you know kind of screen them and say you know what's your level of experience and if they've never been on the river before or you know if it's if they're sort of beginners then we may pick a section for them, you know around Athens or Lake Okeechobee you know anywhere down through here that we we cover about 12 different sections so one of those sections several of those sections you know we can find a great stretch you know if you want to keep it short and simple we can keep it you know that way but that's how you kind of get your technique and chops you know and Mm -hmm. you can go up to some bigger water with more rapids um you know as it for me it was it was trial and error the very i had a good background with with just boating with that with my father but um but the actual paddling came in a lot of dumb luck to start with and then i said wow you know i need to I need to know what I'm doing better. So I started educating myself either through a class or two or a lot of reading Man, YouTube, man, you can see a lot of YouTube. Uh, You know, obviously there's nothing better than the actual uh, experience uh, of actually getting out there and doing it. But that's where these other paddle groups, um, you know, come into play that you can kind of meet up and go. So, yeah, I, I would recommend that. Obviously. I mean, uh, you know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna beg for business or plug it, but, but obviously, <laughs> you know, call me and if you have got. And and one of the things is whether you book a trip with me or not, it's sort of the code of the river. I will tell you everything I know about my river system that I paddle on. If you're interested in the Oconee,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: then and the and the flip side of that is I'll tell you everything I know about boats, gear, or paddling uh, technique that I can. Whether you book it or not, because that's just sort of the code of the river. I mean. It all comes back around, you know, to trying to create a, a more positive river culture, um, and you know, the part of that is the is, is getting on and off the water safely, and so yeah, that's you know, that's what we do.
0: I agree, man. Well, hey, uh, hey, brother. So we're we're hitting about an hour, um, mm-hmm. but I tell you what, you know, there's so much there's there's so much more that I want to cover with you. I mean, this is this is just really interesting to me, and I'm I'm really hyped up about this. Uh we're definitely going to try to do a part 2. We're definitely going to link well, up, man. Hey, we
1: didn't even, we didn't even get to the bows part. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I have got I've got I'm sitting here holding my Osage uh orange bow that I my long bow and uh man, we got to get the part where you know we we go down the river together, take our bows and and uh stump shoot or practice shooting from the boat you know you know is you know there's some fun stuff we can do like that
2: oh yeah um,
1: and there's also like yes you know, there's a lot of national forest uh where i'm at where we run our sections and our trips you can walk up in there and you know like i said if, if you're not even hunting uh you know i'm not gonna hear it i saw you had tanner edinfield on and i'm not gonna sit here and tell you i'm, I'm a tanner tanner uh, Edfield, <laughs> uh, hunter that, that that guy is legit he's, he's awesome he's funny
0: he's funny yeah he's funny as hell too
1: so um you know hats off to, to, to tanner but no i just enjoy recreationally shooting and and hunting you know here and there but uh but to shoot just to shoot and just to get the technique down and just to enjoy that you know i've got young kids now and so i love going out there with them so but to take it with you strap it into your boat keep it you know keep the strings dry and then um and then get out there and, and pluck away here and there man that's it's that's a whole nother thing we got
0: covered. oh yeah no I, I'm, I'm telling you, i got it written <laughs> down right here like it's definitely it's definitely gonna be getting covered because this is a it's such a an awesome topic and, you know uh as far as you know the kayaking thing there's so many it's such a good platform to uh, splinter off into different activities with, so that's Good why time. you know I, that's why I really like it, and then we're definitely going to cover that in a part two It definitely has to happen. Well, and, I appreciate
1: it, man. And, um, I, I think what you're doing is is fantastic. I, I love I love your concept. I love your programming. I love the people you have on. I'm honored to be on here. So thank you for having me. I really, really, truly appreciate it.
0: I appreciate it, man. Thank you. You know, that means a lot, you know, and that's why, you know, when I got invited to get onto, you know, Kayak Georgia page and just like, you know, just like we were saying, you know, you know, it's in this inclusive thing, you know, where everybody, they want people to succeed and they want people to like, go ahead and try this. And, you know, by no means am I like, you know, big into like, you know, being super soft and a snowflake or anything like that but I do believe that it's it's a good thing to to open up doors to people you know not that everyone needs a trophy and anything but oh. the fact that there's a community out there willing to help people and teach them that didn't grow up doing that and again yeah you know that's what that's why it falls into line with you know my with my podcast cuz that's what it's about you know just dudes that don't know what the hell we're doing but we're going to learn it and we're trying to learn from people who are you know who have done it and you know who are experts in their field and, and try to bring that to everybody else because you know just like that page you know it's that's what that's what it's all about like you know
1: absolutely yeah yeah The you know and that's the thing I always tell people you know when we take go down the river is that the river itself is you know we talked a little bit about us i can go and, and we'll wrap it up here but you know it's a it's a whole different uh time club you know you're, it's a geo, it's a geologic time mm-hmm. you're dealing with the erosion of mountains you're dealing with the passage of, of channels of water that move uh, change over, over eons. And so when you're out there, you get a sense for that. It's a whole different philosophy that you have. And, and I always tell people, you know, everybody's got problems in their life, And, but when you get on the water, you have to leave those problems on the bank and they'll be there when you get off the water, trust me. <laughs> but when you, but when you do get off the water, hopefully that that process that that geologic that vast time you know slow it's almost slows your life down that you see that when you get off the water those problems that seem you know bigger are actually eroded down themselves you know those mountains of, of, of stress is, is now smaller and okay. so that that's really what we strive to do if nothing else is if you're not going to pick up the history any you, you know pick up a little history pick up a little nature but just get out there as, as a, as a, um, you know, it's, you know, you don't, it's, it's the best drug you can have you don't, and you don't need to shrink. You don't need a prescription, you know?
0: Yep. I totally agree, man. Well, Oconee Joe, it has been a blast, dude, and I hope that, you know, not hope we will, we are going to schedule that part two. We're going to make sure we can get it done and, uh, and, cover some more topics man it's been a it's been it's been such an opportunity to finally uh go ahead and and interview you and you know and hopefully i can get out there on the water with you man
1: anytime brother you just call me we'll put it on the calendar we'll do it and so yeah uh just give me a call and i like i said i always appreciate the opportunity man take care all right you too brother yep i'll see you man